Tracy Sable tonight on EWTN News Nightly, Just War Theory. As the Israel-Hamas conflict rages on, a moral theologian tells us what the church teaches regarding deadly combat, targeting the faithful. The Ortega regime has arrested another Catholic bishop. We have the latest. Advent calendar, a report from Rome on the Holy Father's busy Christmas schedule, and... So this Christmas and holiday season, I finally found a fun way to teach my kids how to give rather than receive. A TV actor, writer, and director tells us how he brought joy to others with the help of a Catholic aid organization. These stories add more tonight. From EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, this is EWTN News Nightly. Thank you for being with us. Our top story tonight, after days of delays, the United Nations Security Council has finally agreed on a resolution to speed up aid deliveries to Gaza. The resolution passed without the original call for an urgent suspension of hostilities between Israel and Hamas. Instead, it seeks pauses in the fighting to allow safe, unhindered and expanded humanitarian access to Gaza. Both the U.S. and Russia abstained from the vote. The aid is desperately needed. The U.N. World Food Program warns the risk of famine in the Gaza Strip grows every day. A new report released by the Integrated Food Security Phase Classification warns that 2.2 million residents now face acute hunger. UN Chief Antonio Guterres said today the real problem hampering humanitarian efforts is the way that Israel conducts its offensive. Over the last weeks and days, there has been no significant change in the way the war has been unfolding in Gaza. There is no effective protection of civilians. All this comes as Israel indicated today that it is widening its military operation in Gaza. This was the scene right here in Rafah earlier today. An Israeli airstrike hit a civilian car, killing at least five people, including one child. The Hamas-run health ministry reports more than 20,000 Palestinians have died in Gaza since the beginning of the war. Well, the October 7th atrocities committed against Israeli citizens by Hamas militants have sparked a massive retaliation. Much of the operation has been focused inside the densely populated Palestinian territory of Gaza. The conflict raises questions about what the church teaches regarding a just war. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says legitimate defense can be not only a right, but a grave duty for one who is responsible for the lives of others. For this reason, those who legitimately hold authority also have the right to use arms to repel aggressors against the civil community entrusted to their responsibility. For more on the application of church teaching regarding the Israel-Hamas conflict, we turn now to Dr. Joseph Capizzi, Dean of the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America. Dr. Capizzi, thank you so much for your time today. So could you give us a brief overview of the Catholic teaching on war? What are the basic elements of what's called the just war theory? Sure. The, the most important thing is that war or the use of force in war be understood as serving actual political goals, all of which themselves are in the service of peace. So everything that you do in war has to serve the goal of peace ultimately, and therefore it has to follow the more the normal morality that the rest of us have to follow in our lives, um, or that the church teaches politicians have to follow as they seek political ends. So all instances of force have to be 
guided by moral principles, like not to kill innocent people, for instance, um, by intention. So, Dr. Capizzi, do, would you say, you know, this teaching supports Israel's decision uh, to eradicate Hamas in the wake of the terrorist organization's brutal October 7th attack and the kidnapping of civilians? Absolutely. Uh, it's clear that uh, Hamas and the state of Israel cannot coexist. And Israel's judgment that whatever it's doing now has to have as one of its political goals the eradication of Hamas is an apt judgment. Uh, there's just no question. Hamas is designed and animated by the desire to uh, extinguish the state of Israel. Um, that's what it's about. And therefore, you know, the state of Israel cannot coexist with that. That is a good political goal for Israel to be pursuing. And Israel's operations, um, as you know, in the densely populated urban neighborhoods in Gaza um, have really caused significant civilian casualties. How should Israel or, you know, how should they balance the right to defend themselves with a duty to keep civilian deaths and injuries at a minimum? That's the balance they have to strike, right? They, they have to pursue uh, the execution of these political aims by military means in a manner that is attentive to a couple of things. One, of course, is the proportion of uh, innocent people who will die as a consequence of the use of military force. Uh, that will happen. There's no question it will happen. It has happened. And there's some point at which um, Israel has to be concerned about exactly how many people it's killing. It also cannot intend, it cannot target innocent people. And whenever it targets innocent people uh, in its execution of its political goals, it's violating not only international humanitarian law or the laws of war, it's also violating fundamental morality. And before I let you go, um, since the attack uh, by Hamas and Israel's response to that, we have seen a real surge in, in anti-Semitic and attacks, anti-Semitism, especially on college campuses. That being said, how should we as Catholics respond to this? Well, of course, we have to reject anti-Semitism or any any ideologies of hatred, right? I mean, that's fundamental, not only to Catholic faith, but just to being a good human being, right? Ideologies that identify people by virtue of race or ethnic groupings or even beliefs um, and, and hate them as a consequence of those identifications are rejected you know, at the very basis of our faith. So we have to denounce those things when we hear them. We have to do what we can to support uh, good people who are trying to do good things in this very, very difficult situation. Well, Dr. Capizzi, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your insights. God bless. Thank you, Tracy. And for more with Dr. Joseph Capizzi, including his take on his new role at Catholic University, tune in to EWTN News In-Depth on January 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And in other news, yet another Catholic bishop has been arrested by the Ortega regime in Nicaragua. The 63-year-old was detained on his way to a confirmation for 230 of the faithful. An official says the bishop was arrested for relaying a message and praying for the already imprisoned Bishop Rolando Alvarez. According to a Nicaraguan researcher, two seminarians were also abducted by the police. Our President Joe Biden signs a new executive order targeting the Russian military. It is designed to prevent banks from working with Russian defense contractors. The U.S. says that it does not want the Kremlin to build more weapons of war. 
The White House expands its crackdown on Russia for invading Ukraine. Russia has destroyed an awful lot of infrastructure and killed you know, tens of thousands of, of lives in, in Ukraine, um, and they should be held accountable for that long term. Russia has reportedly lost about 13,000 pieces of equipment, including tanks, drones, and missile systems. The new executive order would make it harder to restock. The U.S. Treasury Department writes, our coalition is pouring sand into the gears of Russia's military logistics. <laughs> President Biden is also responding to the growing problem at the U.S. southern border. A record-setting wave of migrants is overwhelming law enforcement. President Biden called Mexico's president on Thursday to discuss solutions. The White House says they agreed that additional enforcement actions are urgently needed so that key ports of entry can be reopened across our shared border. The president is also dispatching his secretary of state and head of Homeland Security to Mexico to work on coordination. The president understands that we need to do more, uh, you know, and as it relates to what we're seeing, the flow of migrants that we're seeing at the border, DHS is maximizing its enforcement efforts. And in an end-of-year act of clemency, President Biden is giving a break to some people convicted of federal drug offenses like marijuana possession. The move is supposed to help them overcome obstacles to renting a home or finding a job. The president writes, too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs. Well, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is urging Congress to use money from the National Security Grant Program to secure churches, synagogues, and other houses of worship. In a letter to congressional leaders, the bishops wrote that the need is critical. The statement says in part, quote, we join our friends from the Orthodox Union in urging you to include at least $200 million for the NSGP in the funding package that provides security assistance to Israel. Moreover, we ask that you work to ensure that these funds can be made available quickly. The bishops estimate there have been more than 300 attacks against churches since May of 2020. EWTN News Nightly Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales asked a leading Democrat whether his party would support the measure. One of the things that we need to do is provide additional security grants uh, to make sure that synagogues and churches uh, and mosques and other places and houses of worship can secure themselves in this climate of increasing hatred, and it's something that I believe House Democrats are prepared to support. Well, the fate of the $200 million is unclear. Lawmakers are not due back on Capitol Hill until January 8th. Oh, we have a lot more still to come here on EWTN News Nightly, including Comeback Kids. New developments regarding a Catholic school in Hawaii destroyed in the summer's deadly wildfires. And a report from Rome on how the Holy Father is spending Christmas. Developments not in the aftermath of the deadly wildfires in Hawaii. Earlier this week, Governor Josh Green released his first budget since the blazes in August that killed at least 100 people and caused more than $1 billion in damages. The Democrat is requesting $425 million. It includes funds for recovery and fire prevention. There are also millions of dollars to reduce the risk of wildfires 
around the state. A parish in Lahaina was miraculously untouched by those wildfires, but a nearby Catholic school, Sacred Hearts, was not so lucky and burned to the ground. However, there is a little bit of hope for the school and the community this Christmas. And here to give us an update on the community is Tanada Loisi, principal of Sacred Hearts Catholic School in Lahaina. Tanada, great to have you back on again. Uh, can you give us an update on how things are in Lahaina since we last spoke about five months ago? Thank you, Tracy. Uh, Lahaina began opening up in zones to families and businesses. So people returned to their properties for the first time after the wildfires to sift through what was left. Um, a faculty member uh, who lost his home returned to find a nativity display and other items his mother saved from, he was, from when he was a baby. Um, we've had other people deci who decided not to disturb the remains from the fire um, and are instead trying to just to find closure in processing the magnitude and realities of their loss. Um, with that said, we have we're now faced with a housing crisis uh, for displaced families since the reopening of West Maui to tourism. Uh, community organizations are rallying to find ways to secure uh, dignified housing so Lahaina families are not forced to leave where they grew up and uh, raise their families. Yeah, it's really nice to see the community really coming together. Um, can you talk about also how you've been able to continue teaching and also educating students um, despite all of these challenges that you faced? Uh, with, the, with the help and, and support of uh, the Knights of Columbus, the Epic Ministry, the Vulnerable People Project, um, our Harvest Kumulani, parents and volunteers, we could return all kindergartens through high school students to in-person instructions, adding four classroom tents in this adjacent property of the church. But before that, we attended school in phases in the church's patio spaces. Uh, the Kapalua community out here has also been very supportive. The Ritz-Carlton Kapalua and Honolulu General Store provided school lunches and golf court, golf, a couple of golf and courts, and their fire response team provided after-school golf clinics for students and have hosted several family fun night events um, as well as donating teaching equipments. Uh, we recently held our Christmas program at Harvest Kumulani, which provided us with a space to gather everyone for a special night of performances to help prepare for the Christmas season. You know, the children are very resilient and are ray of sunshine each day. They get to experience and see firsthand what it's like to be in a learning environment where their needs are a priority and are being met through the love, care, and concern of others. Knowing, just knowing that we are not alone and have each other's reassuring and a blessing. Yeah, and you have all of our prayers too, Tanada. Before I let you go, we have about a minute or so left, um, but what else would you like folks to know about the community? Uh, we are sincerely grateful 
for the continued outpouring and support that we receive. Um, just recently, the, the Valdez Foundation visited with supplies and resources and donated 170 Happy Meals last week for the children and the staff. Um, True Value shipped a container of supplies for families that have been directly affected by the fires. Uh, retired nurse Linda Higgins of California and her team of volunteers distributed comfort blankets and stocking stuff with goodies for students and staff, as did Epic Ministry. Um, Bishop Larry, our Bishop Larry Silva delivered t-shirts for preschoolers from Sister Maureen Clark of Massachusetts uh, that were hand-painted by women in a prison where she serves as a Catholic chaplain. We appreciate all the Christmas cards and crafts from schools across the state and country, including donations to help families with tuition assistance. The smiles on the children's faces are priceless, and it makes all of our hearts very happy knowing we're not alone and we're loved. Yeah, and you certainly are, Tanada, and you have our continued prayers as well. God bless you and very Merry Christmas to you and everyone there in Lahaina. Thank you very much. God bless you too. Merry Christmas. Up next on EWTN News Nightly, tis the season. A preview of the Vatican's traditional Christmas schedule. Plus, an actor goes from Waverly Place to helping the disadvantaged in the Dominican Republic. We'll explain. Set at the Vatican for the traditional Christmas celebrations. A busy two weeks for Pope Francis starts Sunday with Christmas Eve Mass in St. Peter's Basilica. EWTN Vatican News correspondent Colin Flynn has more. With Pope Francis's health condition improving day by day, the Holy See Press Office has officially confirmed the celebrations that will be presided over by the Holy Father for the Christmas season. After the traditional audiences with the Roman Curia and Vatican employees that took place this week, on Sunday the Pope will lead the Angelus Prayer as usual. And in the evening he will preside over the Christmas Eve Mass in St. Peter's Basilica. On the following day, Christmas morning, the Holy Father will give his traditional Christmas blessing, Urbi et Orbi, which in Latin translates to the city and to the world. This is the most solemn form of papal address and apostolic blessing that a pope can give and is usually reserved only for Christmas Day, Easter and after the proclamation of a newly elected pope. Urbi et Orbi blessings are traditionally given from the central loggia of St. Peter's Basilica. Then on Tuesday, the pope will give his Angelus address. December the 26th is St. Stephen's Day, and the Holy Father will lead the Angelus Prayer in memory of the first Christian martyr. On Sunday, after the morning Angelus, the last celebration of 2023 will be held on the afternoon of December 31st. The Holy Father will celebrate the first Vespers and Te Deum, the hymn of thanksgiving, that is traditionally sung on New Year's Eve. The year 2024 will open on January the 1st with the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, for which Pope Francis will preside over Holy Mass in St. Peter's Basilica. Then, a few days later, on Saturday, January the 6th, the Pope will preside over Holy Mass for the Solemnity of the Epiphany, 
a feast that celebrates the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. After that, at noon, the Holy Father will also lead a special Angelus for this solemnity. The last celebration of the Christmas season will take place on Sunday, January the 7th, on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Pope Francis will preside over a celebration in the Sistine Chapel, in which he will baptize a number of children of employees of the Holy See. This tradition began in 1983, 41 years ago, with St. John Paul II. In Rome, Colum Flynn, EWTN News Nightly. Well, actor, writer and director David Henry has starred in many shows, from Ted Mosby's son in the sitcom How I Met Your Mother to Justin Russo in the Disney show Wizards of Waverly Place. But his latest role may be one of his most memorable. It incorporates his faith, his family and true Catholic values. So this Christmas and holiday season, I finally found a fun way to teach my kids how to give rather than receive. It's called Box of Joy. My kids had an absolute blast because they got to go on an adventure to pick out gifts for a little boy and girl just like them in another part of the world that may not have gifts this Christmas. Now that I'm a father, the thought of kids like my own not getting a present on Christmas crushes me because more than the gift itself, what it represents is the ultimate gift, which is God's love. And David Henry joins us now. David, great to see you. Uh, so in that clip, we just saw you shopping with your children for the Box of Joy initiative. Uh, and I know that you partner with Cross Catholic Outreach on this project. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about the program. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I got to meet some of the folks at Cross Catholic and hear about the Box of Joy initiative over summer. Uh, and it really touched me because I've been looking for an experience for my family where we can live the corporal works of mercy and where I can have deeper discussions with my kids. And it's one thing to, I think, talk abstractly about certain principles or initiatives you want to work on with your family or charity or poverty. It's one thing to talk about. It. It's another thing to experience it. So when I heard about the Box of Joy initiative, it instantly struck me as an experience whereby we could have those discussions through a family activity. David, tell us a little bit more about your experience uh, in the D Dominican Republic. I, I know you called it really an eye-opening experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it certainly puts things in perspective, right? We complain here about when the air conditioning is a few degrees off and you go there and they have to dig a hole to use the restroom um, and then bury it. So it puts things in perspective about life and I would, it, it, it's a humbling experience for me because I, I, I do so much less with so much more in my own life. And I go, wow, I, I really need to be more effective in, in my personal life and in, in many different ways. Um, because yeah, there, there is, there is a joy. There's, there's a, a humility. There's a, there's a, a stability to those people in the Bates. Uh, in the Dominican Republic in particular, that I don't know if I would be strong enough to have in their in their circumstance, in their situation. So it's eye-opening for many different reasons, and um, it's almost hard to even articulate, but it, it leaves you with a profound sense and a profound impression and definitely motivated me to want to continue to do this as much as possible because I've seen the positive impact on myself, on my family, and, uh, and on the people where, where, we, where we go. 
And uh, Cross Catholic has donated over a half a million boxes since the initiative began through Box of Joy. And they're in multiple countries. So I'm excited to continue to go on the journey with them and help as many people as possible because it, uh, you know, little, little, little gestures of love can really make a big impact on folks who would never get a present for Christmas is a really sad thought. So. Yeah. And David, we're almost out of time, but I do want to talk to you about this, your Catholic faith. I know it's really important to you and you've been really bold about it, which can be, you know, kind of hard in your line of work too. talk to us about that and how your Catholic faith guides you personally and professionally. You know, I love the the that notion of um, actions speak louder than words or um, speak only when necessary, kind of the St. Francis quote. That to me really is kind of how I live my life because I, I do have a, you know, a professional life in my own business and I'm entrepreneurial and I work hard at that. But the way that I live my life is, I think, the ultimate um, that that's what we're held accountable for. I think in the eyes of others is, are you doing what you say you believe? So to me, I just work really hard on, on, you know, our, our call to sainthood and trying to do that every single day through my uh, relationship with my wife and my family. And so I happen to have a big following and I just try to live, live my own uh, calling as best I possibly can. And then that just shows organically. Well, David, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. We really appreciate it. God bless you and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Thank you all. And hello to everyone at EWTN. Cheers. And we thank you for watching tonight. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, X and Instagram at EWTN News Nightly. I'm Tracy Sable. Good night. God bless and have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you.